From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. Um, it's your host, Nate Webb, and today we are addressing a topic of utmost importance, suicide prevention. It's a conversation that needs to happen, and we're here to provide you with insights, guidance, and resources to navigate this sensitive topic. Um, in our society, suicide is a significant concern, especially among our youth. As school counselors and educators, we have a vital role in recognizing warning signs, offering support, and fostering a culture of empathy and understanding. So in this episode, we are actually going to be talking about QPR. It's a, kind of like the CPR for mental health. It's question, persuade, and refer. It's a suicide prevention training, and we're going to discuss how it equips us to have these life-saving conversations um, and how it equips us to step in and help where we need to help. Now, we'll put out a disclaimer and a trigger warning. We're going to be talking about suicide stuff today. And so if you struggle with that kind of stuff, don't worry. Like, it's okay. You don't have to listen to this. Um, but if you can, I think this is an episode everybody should listen to uh, because we're going to be talking about A, suicide awareness, but most and more importantly, B, what we can do. You know, it's one thing to hear from motivational speakers or podcasts about, you know, feel good things and important things about advocacy, but I've, I've more and more, I've been be becoming aware of the importance of providing solutions to problems. And so one of those solutions um, is QPR. QPR training is amazing. I actually became a QPR instructor um, and it's, it's a suicide prevention program. And it's amazing. So first of all, let's let's talk about it. Why? Why is this such an issue? Why is it so important? Now, don't be, I don't know, don't be fooled. Suicide does not happen often to students. But if it happens at all to students, it happens way too much. And you have no idea the difference you can make by just talking to someone if they're not feeling well, if they're not doing well. Um, if they're in crisis, if and um, if they're thinking about taking their life or hurting themselves, you know this is this is personal for me, um, for a few reasons. Uh, when I was in high school, when I was in ninth grade, uh, Facebook had just barely gotten really really popular, and um, I got bullied a lot all throughout elementary, middle, high school, and uh, I had my own insecurities and issues and things like that. Well, anyway, one day in ninth grade. Uh, on Facebook Messenger, it was just Facebook at the time, they didn't separate that to Facebook and Facebook Messenger, but on Facebook, I got 15 messages in my inbox in one day. 15 messages. And they all said the same thing. They're all from different people, so it was two or three messages an hour for five hours for the whole school day, but it was all the same messages. It just said, you should go kill yourself. And it broke me, and I really started to wonder, maybe... Maybe they're right. Maybe my life isn't worth living. And thankfully, that's not where my story ended. Thankfully, I had loving parents who were able to ask me questions, persuade me that my life was worth living. Um, and thankfully, my dad was a, a, a therapist for domestic child family services. And so I kind of had a free therapist there in my back pocket, even though I hated it when he tried to be a therapist with me. But, but it saved my life. 
And so it's personal for me talking about this stuff because I wouldn't be here today without forms of suicide prevention. It's also personal for me because last year, or two years ago, um, it's been, wow, it's, it's crazy, it's already been that long, um, there's an individual in our community, an 11-year-old boy, who died by suicide. And uh, his story was sensationalized, almost in a bad way. And it is so sad to me because I, I know and love, love the family. And they were not trying to do anything bad. They're trying to br bring awareness to it, but um, it got too popular and it got romanticized. And so it became my personal mission to, okay, we need to educate people about suicide the right way. We need to talk about suicide and we need to advocate for it and we need to do it the right way so that we're helping people. And so... All right, so first of all, we need to understand suicide. What is suicide? Everyone knows what suicide is. It is when someone makes the decision to end their own life. And it is a huge, huge issue. Um, and it's, its significance as a public health issue. Did you know that around 65% of teens in the United States of America last year um, were involved in suicide ideation or self-harm? 65-ish percent. I think the actual stat's like 67.4, but being conservative, I think it was about 65%. That's more than half. That's the majority. Majority of all teens were involved in a suicide ideation or self-harm. Now, with suicide, it is a complex issue, right? Because there could be a number of contributing factors, a number of things that causes someone to go that way. Um, that being said, there are warning signs that you can tell where someone is in a state of mind where they might be in a place where they might hurt themselves. They, you know, the changes in behavior, withdrawal, mood swings, um, talking of hopelessness, isolation, loss of interest in activities that brought them joy previously. And then the big one's giving away prized possessions, giving away belongings. Um, and then um, one of the ones is change in behavior. And some people are confused with that, with uh, change in behavior. Like, if they're happy, that should be a good thing, right? If they're, like, all of a sudden happy. Well, a lot of times, if they all of a sudden become happy, it's because they have made peace with the decision that they are going to kill themselves. They're happy because they think the pain is going to end all of a sudden. And we all know that that's just not the case. But unfortunately, um, you're not thinking when you're in that state of mind. And so when you're in that state of mind, you're only using your emotional side of your brain. You're not thinking logically. Uh, when you're in that emotional state of mind, it's all, your blood flow literally gets cut off uh, to your prefrontal cortex, your, your, your logic side. Your amygdala is doing everything. Um, and that's also your fight or flight response, everything. And so anyway, so that's why, you know, emotions change, they're happy or they're super sad, hopelessness, loss in social, loss, interest in social activities and giving away belongings. Um, there's, so those are the warning signs of like their outward, their outward um, behavior. They, we also have risk factors. Risk factors are different things that can put people more at risk for mental health issues and or suicide ideation. A big one of those is having other mental health conditions like depression, polar disorder, disorder, wow, disorder, um, anxiety, stuff like that. It, 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 there's a lot of comorbidity involved with mental health conditions. 
and suicide ideation and suicides. Now, along with that, substance abuse is a big risk factor. Those who are involved in substance use are far more likely, not even substance abuse, just substance use, are far more likely to die by suicide or to have an attempt of suicide sometime in their life. Um, and obviously it's because of the way that those drugs affect their brain and things like that. But again, people don't know that or people don't think about that. All they're thinking of is at the here and the now, I want to numb my pain. Then obviously, um, if they have had previous suicide attempts, they could be at larger risk. The family history of suicide, access um, to lethal means, exposure to suicide behavior and others. Um, the, the last two ones are, are really big to me, at least. Um, access to lethal means and exposure to suicidal behavior in others. Um, when the individual in my community died, his story went across the nation. Like he went on, their parents went on TV. Um, the jazz ended up get, like having them as like honorary guests at halftime, giving them, um, giving them like medallions or something. And, Everyone was trying so hard to show their support, which was amazing, but because they focused so much on the person and not so much on the issue, it caused a lot of, uh, oh my gosh, not suicide, comorbidity, um, contagion, there we go, suicide contagion, where people were thinking and, and acting on suicide ideation, thinking that, I can get attention the way that this guy got attention. I, my family can get financial freedom because lots of people donated to this dude's family. If I die, then my family will get money. I'm no, I'm no longer a financial burden on them. And so it's, it swept across the country and it was amazing, but also super scary and sad because a lot of people, because they're exposed to the way it was being romanticized and, and glorified, they thought that's, that's how they, they needed to be remembered by. And so when we're talking about suicide, we need to remember we need to not focus on the people who died or how they died, but we need to focus on why they died. Why did they die? Because they had a mental health condition that they did not treat or that, um, and sometimes people are going to therapy and they still die by suicide, but you know what I mean? It's because of a mental health condition and we should not talk about it in such a way that romanticizes it. So anyway, thank you for coming to my TED Talk on that. <laughs> um, so we have our warning signs and we have our risk factors. Um, next up is our protective factors. Protective factors are things that can help decrease the risk of suicide. And so when you have a student that you think might be high risk, you can take a look at everything and say, okay, um, what can we make? What protective factors can we list? in your safety plan um, to help protect you, essentially. That could be a lot of things ranging from strong support systems, family, friends, community, access to mental health care and treatment, problem-solving skills, sense of purpose. Um, oftentimes, we'll do suicide prevention lessons and we'll have kids write on a note card. We'll have them write down what the warning signs are for them that they're headed towards a not-so-great space, the, the thoughts, their their body, how they feel, and everything like that. And then we have them write down what are some coping skills you can do when you get to that spot. You know, whether it be going running or whether it be talking to a friend. And 
And so we have them write down what they can do, who they can do it with, and um, how that can help them. And then it's a it's an index card that they can keep with them for a suicide prevention plan. It's really really cool. And so anyway, that, that kind of gives you the background of suicide. We got we got suicide, we got risk factors, protective factors, and we got your warning signs. Now let's talk about QPR. QPR is question, persuade, and refer. It's the CPR of mental health. And QPR was made to change how we look at suicide because suicide has such a it really has a negative connotation. Um, to it. Rightfully so. It's a sad topic. But we changed the way we talk about it with certain vocabulary. Before, we used to say things like, oh, they committed suicide. Uh, But we found that that is actually an inaccurate and inappropriate way to address suicide because it's not like they're committing to a crime or committing to something. They were experiencing intense mental illness. And that's, that's very different. And so instead of saying committed suicide, we say they died by suicide. But the first thing of QPR is question. And that means to question the person that you're worried about. This is straight up. So many people are scared that talking about suicide increases suicide. And it's actually the opposite. Talking about suicide decreases suicide. Because quite often when, when asked about it, if someone is feeling suicidal, that is the first time that they have out loud said that they are thinking of hurting themselves. And speaking it makes it so much more real. And then they realize, oh my goodness, I want to live. So many times just saying the words uh, gets them to realize that they don't want to die. It helps tremendously. When we ask those questions, though, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do that. <laughs> it's a... Uh, um, so, so many times, you know, especially when we're scared, parents, I'm um, talking to you, when we're scared and we say things like, you're not thinking of doing something stupid, are you? You're not thinking of, of, of hurting yourself, are you? Of course, the, you just want to say no to that. You're priming them to say no, to lie to you. No, I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, are, are you sure? Yeah, y- yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking of that. When in reality, they are. But your reaction suggest to them that they can't really trust you with that and so when you question when you when you ask them you can just say straight up are you thinking of hurting yourself have you thought about killing yourself have you thought about ending it all are you thinking about hurting yourself just very plain very straight to the point and then um and then based on their response, um, you can go from there. But if they say, yes, I've thought about killing myself, or yes, I'm thinking of hurting myself, my follow-up to that is always, do you have a plan? And if they say no, I said, okay, I'm so happy that you told me. Let's help you get the, 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 you know, the help that you need. And if they say yes, I'd say, well, what's the plan? Do you have means? And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm so sorry you're feeling like that. I'm so sorry you're feeling this. And I want to be on your side. I want to be a support to you and I want to be a helper. In order to do that, though, we need as many people on your team as possible. And so when I have a kid in my office telling me that they're experiencing suicide ideation, you know, I tell them, you know, I'm going to have to tell your mom and dad about this. And I don't say, well, we're going to have to tell your mom and dad about this. I just say kind of what I said before, you know, this is a big thing and we want to keep you safe because your life is beautiful and worth living 
And because of that, we want as many people on your team as possible to support you. So let's talk to your mom and dad. The, that leads us into the R of QPR, which is, I mean, the P, not the, the P. We talked about Q, which is question. The P is persuade. Persuade them that life is worth living. And don't invalidate their feelings. Don't be like, oh, it's just going to get better. Come on. It's going to be okay. Just it's stop. Don't do that. It's okay to say, yeah, it sucks. I know, though, that your life is worth living. And coming from experience, I know that life does get better. I'm sorry that it hurts so much right now, though. And I wish I could make it better, but I can't. But I do know that it doesn't last forever. We can validate them while still offering them hope. Hope that tomorrow is going to be a better day. Hope that the future is going to be brighter. And hope that they can, they can continue to push forward. And that leads us to the R of QPR, which is refer. Okay, we've questioned them. We've persuaded them to live. Now we need to refer them. We need to talk to an adult. Now, referring them can be refer them to a mental health professional. Obviously, they need therapy or more of it or a different regimen. But also, we need to just refer them to an adult, period, especially if we're school counselors, ta- you know, talking to kids. We need to let, you know, we need to let parents know. Um, we need to. And if honestly, we I've had to have our student resource officers, you know, take kids to the hospital before. Or I'm like, ah, oh, they're suicidal. Okay, call mom and dad. Mom and dad aren't in the picture. Okay, I'll just take them to the hospital. It's fine. That's our job, you know? But when we refer them, it's our job to keep them safe. And so a big part of that is referring them to telling an adult, telling a trusted adult, telling mom and dad, telling the principal, um, and then going from there. When you know that someone is experiencing suicide ideation, it is important that they are not left alone. And we're not trying to babysit them by any means, but we're definitely trying to keep them safe. That's a big deal. And so we don't want to leave them alone. Their parents need to come get them. Um, they need they need to go to uh, you know hospital, some professional that day, preferably. And so anyway, that's QPR. Question, persuade, and refer. There are QPR trainings offered all throughout the state in every single county. You can just reach out to your local health department to see if they can offer some QPR courses to your high school. Odds are your Hope Squad is already involved in QPR courses and you can um, talk to the talk to your Hope Squad, talk to other people um, about how you can get those resources to your students. I think every single school should have you know, modules and conversations around suicide around suicide prevention and they should be often so many times we're scared of this topic that now we're not willing to talk about it and that needs to change and that needs to change yesterday because we need to talk about it more and we need to talk about it the right way so that people are no longer ashamed of feeling these feelings a lot of times the reason people want to die is because they feel like that they are alone they feel like they're worthless for having these feelings and it's just not true they are amazing. We're all amazing individuals just trying to survive this thing called life. And sometimes it's hard. And so if we could offer some love and support to those people struggling, it's going to go a long, long way. So anyway, thank you guys so much for joining me in this episode of the sounding board from the Utah School Counselors Association. It's always so fun to come on and talk to you guys. Researching for these topics is always so enlightening for me as well. Um, even though I'm not currently a practicing school counselor because I'm a full-time speaker now. 
Um, I am a licensed school counselor, and staying up to date in the world of school counseling is important to me. And that's why I agreed to continue to do the podcast for Yuska so that I could continue to, A, shed light and knowledge for you guys, but stay up to date myself. Um, so there you go. Um, if you guys want to go follow us on Instagram at UT School Counselor, we always are posting updates and things like that. Also, be sure to register for this year's USCA, um conference coming up here in November. It's going to be amazing. We have many, many presenters, guest speakers, a couple of keynote speakers. It is going to be a blast. You'll definitely not want to miss it. So make sure and go sign up for that as well. You can just type in, go to utschoolcounselor.org, I believe, or just type in uh, Utah School Counselors Association in Google, and it'll be the first thing that pops up, and it'll be a big old button to register for conference. And I'll try and put a link for that in the podcast description so you don't have to go fishing around the internet for that either. Anyway, hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I hope you always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Hope you all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.